Hello, everybody. Mackenzie here from Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. Coming at you today with some extra special content because last night at the 93rd Academy Awards, we got our first official teaser trailer for the Steven Spielberg remake of West Side Story. That's right. We are finally officially on our way to the December release of this iconic musical. It was supposed to come out last Christmas in December. Uh, but due to COVID, it got pushier, which is okay, because that now means this film comes out 60 years to when the original 1961 film came out. So there we go. It all worked out in the end. So uh, to get everybody a quick kind of setup, because I know not everybody will know this musical or know what's going on with the cast, uh, let me kind of break it down for you. So first off, uh, the film is West Side Story, and the plot is... Basically, it is a modern-day retelling of the Shakespearean romance tragedy play Romeo and Juliet. This time around, though, you got uh, it all set around 1950s New York uh, with these two rival games. You got the you got the Jets over here, and you got the Sharks over here, and basically, it's uh, a rivalry between these two gangs. Uh, against all that, you have these two uh, characters. You have former uh, Jets member Tony there behind my head. And he is fallen in love after seeing um, Bernardo's sister Maria at the gym where, where they're, the two gangs are having a social night out. So basically they fall in love very quickly. And then it's all about the fallout from this uh, doomed romance, as it were. And if you know anything due to it uh, being based on Romeo and Juliet, it probably would have a very happy ending. Just giving you a fair heads up now. <laughs> so that's the premise and that's the film. Uh, we got a great uh, bit of uh, people behind the camera. So first off, this film is directed by the award-winning iconic director, Steven Spielberg. That's right. Uh, Steven Spielberg is directing this. Uh, he's always wanted to do a musical. He even put in the opening anything goes dance number into indiana jones 2 temple of doom because he liked doing it because he really wanted to do a musical uh this has always been a project he's wanted to tackle this was a film he loved growing up it's been in development for quite a while there was initial talks that oprah was going to be one of the executive producers on this film uh so we were actually pushed uh the filming of indiana jones 5 off so we could focus on this film so Clearly, Spielberg's got some dedication to this project. Then, writing the screenplay, we have the award-winning uh, writer, Tony Kushner. And he's written for Spielberg before. He's written uh, Spielberg's uh, 2005 Munich and 2012's Lincoln. But he's also really well-known for being the playwright of the epic two-part play, Angels in America. So, we got a very solid writer here adapting this work. All right, let's get into the cast, because... Not everybody's going to know this great cast that Spielberg has assembled. So first off, playing the role of Maria Vasquez is Rachel uh, Zegler. And Rachel was 16 at the time when she submitted her self-tape for the open casting call. Her casting was announced in January of 2019. Uh, West Side Story marks her first film. And prior to West Side Story, she had been doing uh, work on her YouTube channel where she uh, performed uh, songs. Uh, and that's been going since 2015. 
And then since wrapping West Side Story, she's been cast in the 2023 uh, film Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So there we go. Playing our Tony behind my head here, there he is, uh, is Ansel Elgort. And he was one of the first people actually cast in the film. And his casting was announced in September of 2018. Uh, and he's probably one of the most well-known and familiar faces of all the gang members that we see. Um, so he is best known for his work in the films uh, such as Fault in Our Stars, the Divergent series, and Baby Driver. So clearly he is kind of the, the name uh, for the gang members anyway to the people. That, and that's, why, that's one of the reasons why he was cast as he was a name actor. So there we go. Uh, then we have taking on the role of Anita, who is an, Maria's best friend slash sisterly figure uh, and also Bernardo's girlfriend. Uh, it is Ariana DeBose. And DeBose is a Tony-nominated Tony Broadway performer. Uh, she performed in such musicals on Broadway, uh, including uh, Bring It On, Motown the Musical, Pippin, Hamilton, where she originated the role of The Bullet, uh, A Bronx Tale, and The Summer, Summer, The Donna Summer Musical, which is where she received her Tony nomination for her portrayal of Disco Donna. Uh, DeBose actually rose to national attention last year uh, uh, in late fall and in, in, in December because of her performance in the Hamilton Pro Shot on Disney Plus as The Bullet. And then she also played the role of Alyssa Green in the Netflix movie musical The Prom, directed by Ryan Murphy. Uh, since she completed West Side Story, she's now been cast in the American musical comedy TV show Schmigadoon. And she'll be playing the role of Emma Tate. And DeBose's casting was also announced in January of 2019. Uh, then we have David Alvarez as Bernardo Vasquez. So that's Maria's older brother in The Leader of the Sharks. Uh, and uh, Alvarez is Canadian. He's a dancer and actor. And he's most uh, recognized uh, for being one of the original Billies in the Broadway production of Billy Elliot the Musical. Alvarez left theater to serve in the U.S. Army following a service of two years, two and a half years. Uh, with the 25th Infantry Division, he returned to Broadway, becoming a swing in the production of On the Town. His casting was announced as well in January of 2019. Then we have uh, Mike Faist as Riff. And uh, Faist is a Tony-nominated actor. Uh, he appeared uh, in Broadway productions uh, such as Newsies and Dear Van Hansen, which is where he originated the role of Connor and received his Tony nomination. Uh, he also has appeared in several films and TV shows such as Law & Order SVU. So check him out. He's got some great content for you to watch. <clears throat> uh, then we have Josh Andres Rivera as Chino. And Chino is a member of the Sharks gang and He's kind of paired up with Maria by Bernardo, similar to how Tybalt, uh, pair, uh, Tybalt pairs Juliet uh, with uh, Cousin Paris. So there we go. Uh, so Riviera uh, was part of the Hamilton First National Tour, where he was in the ensemble and was standby for several roles, including George Washington, James Madison, and Thomas Jefferson. Uh, his casting was announced as well in January of 2019. Then we get into the adult cast. So with the adult cast, we have Corey Stoll as Lieutenant Shrek. And Stoll is best known for his roles as Congressman Peter Russo in the Netflix series House of Cards, uh, for which he received a Golden Globe nomination in 2013. 
and as Dr. Ephraim uh, Goodweather in the FX horror drama series, The Strain. He also appeared in the TV series uh, Billions and portrayed Baron Cross slash the Yellow Jacket in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Ant-Man. Uh, he also has done several off-Broadway and regional theater productions as well. So, quite a, so, 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 very, so a very solid choice for this role. Uh, then we have, as Lieutenant Shrink's sidekick, uh, Police Sergeant Krupke, and that is played by Brian Darcy James. Darcy James is a uh, familiar face to both stage and screen, but he's primarily known for his stage work. Uh, he originated the role of Shrek in Shrek the Musical, Nick Bottom in Something Rotten, uh, Frederick Barrett in Titanic the Musical, and he's recently played King George in Hamilton. Uh, he had a recurring role as Andy Baker in the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. He also played reporter Matt Carroll in the 2015 Academy Award winning Best Picture film Spotlight. Uh, in March 2019, his casting was announced. Then rounding out the adult cast, we have the incredible Rita Moreno as Valentina. And Valentina is a reworked character from the original character of Doc, who owns the candy store where the gangs have kind of declared it neutral territory. So she is taking over that role and it's been reworked for her. Uh, and Moreno, there's so much you can say about her. First off, she is an EGOT winner. She won her Oscar uh, for her portrayal of Anita in the 1961 film of uh, in West Side Story. Uh, she has had a story career playing across the spectrum of stage and screen. Uh, she was also in uh, other musical films, uh, Singing in the Rain and The King and I. Uh, she appeared as Sister Peter Marie in the HBO series Oz. And she recently starred in the 2017 remake of One Day at a Time as the matriarch Lydia. Uh, she has an upcoming documentary all about her life and career titled Rita Moreno, Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It. And that is set for release on June 18th, 2021. Uh, on top of playing the rear role of Valentina, Moreno will also be acting as an executive producer on the film. So just a talented lady all around. And with all that setup done, let's get into uh, the trailer itself. So first off, I want to say right off the bat is I liked what I saw. Uh, the trailer told the story through stunning visuals of this romance set against the backdrop of this uh, gang war in 1950s New York. Uh, right away, you're setting up the relationship of Tony Maria uh, Anita Bernardo, Maria and Anita, and the brother, brotherly relationship of Riff and Tony. And you're setting all these great kind of shots of these connections against the, 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 gang, the gang violence, the gang war that we're seeing as well. So right away, you're getting this whole story being told. And then after we see the opening prologue shots, uh, along with the whistle tone, uh, the uh, you see that you hear that, and then uh, there's a mix of music and a gunshot, and then we get into uh, Marie, uh, uh, Rita Moreno singing the timeless and timely song of Somewhere. And so with this reworked character, Valentina, it makes sense that this would be the song you'd want to feature her singing. Because if you're going to get Marita Moreno in the movie, you've got to at least have her sing at least one song. So... And why it works for this is because she's playing the middle ground character of these two gangs. 
Uh, Moreno's Valentina is a Puerto Rican character uh, who who uh, who is widowed and has taken over this candy shop uh, where the, both the gangs hang out. So she is, so although being Puerto Rican, she is a middle ground character. And she's also hired Tony to work in the shop. So once again, you have this person trying to bridge the gap. And the fact that you have this song called Somewhere, which is all about a place where people can come together in unity and conflict is resolved, is great having Rita Moreno sing it. So it works very well for this uh, character to have this song. Now, the bigger question will be uh, is if uh, this song will be sung in the film by Rita Moreno or if this is a cover version of the song that will be done for the end credit sequence. Because this song has had a long, interesting history with the musical. in the stage show, the song is actually part of the latter end of a larger ballet sequence that that takes place in Act Two. And then in the movie, they took out the ballet sequence and just kept the song and now had it sung by Tony and Maria as they comfort one another following the fallout of the rumble. And now we have this here where we're hearing Rita Moreno sing it. So either potentially she could be singing it to Tony and Maria, she could be, she could be singing it as she looks on uh, in the fallout of the rumble, uh, but we will have to see where this song ends up. The song is such a versatile song because in the original stage show, it was sung by an ensemble member, usually offstage or not even seen, it was kind of this omniscient voice singing this message. So the fact that now you can move it around, have different people sing it, it really works well. So it's a great kind of way to kick it off. And the fact that in the first trailer, we get Rita Moreno's presence right away just shows how well they're doing this homage to the original well moving it forward and, and, and with, the, with the visual. So it's a great mix. So really good choice there with that song. Uh, I also noted that with this song, uh, it actually makes a similar uh, first trailer to what they did with the first trailer for the 2012 Les Miserables movie musical, where you had the montage of shots overdubbed with Anne Hathaway singing I Dreamed a Dream. Uh, so this concept is being utilized here. And... It's really interesting because with I Dreamed a Dream, that's an important plot song that is sung by one of the major characters. Here you have this song that has kind of had a story history of who sings it where, moving it around. So it's unclear of, is this actually going to be a song that we're going to see being performed? Or is it going to be uh, this way that we see in the trailer? Or is it going to be done a different way in the film? So now the question is, do you keep doing what Lehman's did where they kept using this song up until the very end where they finally started showing us other musical clips or are you going to just use this as the one piece or are you going to go the into the woods route where they didn't hide that it was a musical but they didn't overly market it as a musical so we'll have to see what they do because what i worry about is if they go this route and kind of don't highlight the musical elements and just highlight the story people are going to come in thinking one thing like they do with Into the Woods, where they thought, oh, this is a fairy tale film, not realizing, oh, it's a movie musical fairy tale film. Then they complain that, oh, I didn't know it was a musical, then they give it a bad review because they were felt misled. So we'll have to watch the marketing and see what they do with the f- more trailers as they go along. Very interesting. And then I really want to get into the cinematography of this piece. And it's done by Oscar winner Janusz Kaminski, and he's worked with Spielberg numerous times. He won two Oscars with working with Spielberg for his work on Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. And once again, you can see here, this is a a man who understands both emotion and action. 
uh, right away, the opening shots of this trailer are setting up the one of the main concepts in this musical, which is the Jets are a gang with a home, but no family support. And we see that through the way we see these community establishments that have been set up, such as the church and the Irish bar. Uh, and then, like, even though the Jets are made up of a bunch of different minority groups, such as Italians, Irish, Polish uh, individuals, their communities have put the footholds in this West Side versus the Sharks and the Puerto Rican community who, as we see in the trailer, only really have this one wall that says, this is our place. So that right away is setting up that the Sharks are a gang with no place, but they have family. They're a very connected community. Uh, and that's what kind of makes them who they are. So the fact we have this is really kind of really good symbolism right away in these images of setting up what these two gangs are about. So we get that set up right away, and that's done all through the cinematography and the storytelling of these shots. And I predict that a lot of these shots that we saw in the opening will be part of the opening prologue sequence. Uh, because in the original 1961 film, you have the opening where it's the pan, pan over shot in New York, top down looking at the city. Here, we're diving into those communities. We're seeing these communities alive. We're seeing the world that is informing this gang war versus in the original, which is where we didn't see a lot of the bigger world that was informing what was going on in the in the west side of New York in the 1950s. Here, we are diving right into it, and we're seeing why the communities are acting the way they are. And that's all done through storytelling, so that's really great. Uh, so, but another thing is that uh, these shots in New York are realistic. They're not sets that were rebuilt. We are seeing a world that is being built and that is lived in. It looks grimy. It looks dirty. It looks worn. Like we saw those shots of that rusted out water towers on top of the buildings. In the ending balcony sequence, we see that there's like a construction scaffold next to Tony that he's probably climbing. So we see all these great shots of... Um, uh, of this world that is a lived-in, hard, grimy, cement world. And then you contrast that with some really beautiful pops of color uh, that we see, particularly in the dances at the gym, in the America sequence uh, with Ariana DeBose and that yellow dress. So we're seeing these pops of color in fashion. Also with Bernardo Nita and it looks like the dress shop with those fabrics. So against this kind of grungy, grimy world, again, this pop of color through the fashion choices. And it's really great because it's really is targeting back to that classic Technicolor look that the 1961 film had. So that is wonderful. And I mean, I also wanted to share some of my favorite images from this show. So first off, we got the muddling of the shadows between the Jets and the Sharks when they show up to the rumble. We see them walking towards each other and before they actually meet and start the rumble, their shadows mix. And, and collide. So we're getting that great shot right there, once again, symbolizing the, 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 the impending uh, conflict that these two sides are going to mesh into each other. Uh, uh, some of my other favorite shots uh, include those dances at the gym. It just looks so vibrant and light and lively. 
when you contrast that with what we see with Tony Maria under the bleachers, we get more a bit more of that theater stage uh, look there. So we, and then we also have this great shot of Riff, Tony, and Bernardo standing looking at each other in a three-way triangle there. So once again, setting up that great conflict that we're going to have. So there's some beautiful images here, and and I mean I just want to co compliment the fact they went out and shot on location, just like the original 61 film did, but it looks like they did a lot more location work than the 61 film, because the 61 film was mainly just the opening prologue that was shot uh, on uh, uh, live in New York, and then they went back to a studio to film the rest. Here, they, they shot uh, in uh, Harlem, they shot in other Manhattan locations in the Flatlands and Brooklyn. Uh, they also had an outdoor set in Patterson, New Jersey that, that they shot at. So they're once again, this is, we're looking at this bigger filled-in world versus just a studio. And, it, and you can tell, it looks really good. And I'm already predicting that we'll at least see nominations for production work, such as design, costume, set, things like that. We'll see those nominations come and they may, and I, I, I'm hoping Gaji wins some of the awards for that at least. Uh, I don't know. Into the height, uh, uh, in the heights is giving. It looks pretty good too for production design as well. So we'll have to see which one wins out. Uh, then uh, we can get into a little bit more Kushner and what he's been doing with this. Because uh, knowing the musical, I can already spot some adjustments or at, or changes that have been made. And this all kind of harkens back to what Kushner said in an interview where he wasn't adapting the 61 film instead he was adapting the 1957 book from the musical that arthur lawrence wrote so they're going back to some more of that original content that they had so that could mean for example we're going to see for example the numbers cool angie officer krupke swapped so that is a so, so in the original 1957 musical uh, stage show, uh, Jefferson Krupke happens in Act 2 after the Rumble and Cool takes place before the War Council. And in the movie, they swapped it where Jefferson Krupke now uh, takes place before the War Council and Cool takes place after the Rumble. So we may see them going back to that original uh, concept. We also may see the return of some of the lines that were cut from the 1961 film or altered in the 1961 film because of censorship, such as uh, in the, in the 1961 film, there's a line of womb to tomb, burst to earth. In the stage show, I believe it is womb to tomb, sperm to worm. And that was deemed too crude. So they swapped the line for 61. We may see some more of that cruder language, harder language come back for this. And what Kushner said is when he was adapting this uh, screen, uh, uh, script, uh, he wanted to really focus on the aspects of urban life in New York in 57, 58, and 59 that weren't really explored or touched upon in the 61 film. And what that tells me and what, that, and what we see in the trailer is, is that we're going to see some more world, uh, world building here. We're not just going to focus on the gangs in particular. We're going to see the world around the gangs built. Uh, and as I said in the opening shots of the trailer, we have that being done. We also have that in the way that we see... Um, different locations now being used like we have this local gym where i believe it's either the sharks or the gym or the sharks hangout we have the fact that somebody is praying in the opening lighting that candle i think that's maria because we do know maria does pray to santa maria when uh when, when the fall of the rumble happens uh so we do have that stuff being set up we also have 
the the rifle, the gu- uh, the the revolver, the gun that's going to play a major part in the end of the film being set up pretty early on in this trailer. Like we see it, we see a scene which I believe is where Chino gets the gun. We also see it show up in the opening uh, prologue scuffle between Bernardo and uh, Riff. We see so once again, this gun is going to be playing a bigger role. The gang violence is going to be getting bigger. It's it's not, and so we're going to see that. Another great example of this bigger world building is in the number America. So in the original uh, film, or not in the original, in the film that was done in '61, that number America takes place after the dance at the gym and on the roof with only the sharks. And they're and it's mainly focused on Bernardo and Anita debating each other about America, and. Now we see from the trailer and also from the B-roll uh, on location footage that people shot on their cell phones, the song has been moved. I think it now takes place probably the day after the Dance of the Gym because Anita is in a different dress from the Dance of the Gym, which is not the purple dress, but the black dress. We see Anita in this yellow and red dress and it's bright, it's happy. We're outside, we're in the daytime. We're not, we're not, on, we're not in the nighttime on the roof anymore. We're now out in the community. And we see this from the trailer, we see this number start inside, or at least have the impression that the number starts inside the building. Anita comes out down the stairs, and now she's out in the community. And we see the community getting involved in this number. So it's not just the shark gang anymore that's singing about America. It's now the entire Puerto Rican community that surrounds the sharks singing about this song. So once again, we're seeing this bigger world, this bigger part of what's going on. So that so that's a great example of how uh Kushner is expanding the story and getting it away from just the gangs but getting it into the wider world. Now another fun thing of the way they are expanding and developing these characters further is Maria and Bernardo actually have a last name uh which is uh, Vasquez. And that is a major upgrade from what we have in the original scripts which is they aren't given any last name. We don't see the parents. I think we actually may see Bernardo and, and Maria's parents, potentially. Something we did not see in the original versions. So we're seeing this further development of the family dynamics. The bigger world of the story is being uh, created. So that's a really nice touch. And the last thing I want to touch on is the fact this trailer is highlighting the fact that we have proper casting being done for this. Uh, in, the, in the 61 film, you had Natalie Wood, who played Maria, and she was not a uh, Latina actress. Rita Moreno was, because she's from Puerto Rico, but a lot of the cast who played the Sharks, like George Shakiris, who won the Tony for Bernardo, is a Greek actor. And they had to and, and they actually brown, uh, put on um, uh, face make, uh, uh, browning makeup to make them look darker. And they even did that to Rita Moreno. Uh, so the fact that that happened, uh, and the fact that there was a lot of miscasting for the for for the for the particularly the the sharks uh so the fact that that wasn't happening in that 61 in fact we're now getting that in this new adaptation really shows the uh way that we are correcting a, a mistake that was done in the 61 film so that's a really great touch to see as well uh then uh i just want to give my final thoughts which is overall this is a very good uh first look at the film it, sh- it shows a lot of promise and potential. Uh, it looks clear already that story-wise and visually, 
this will be different from the 61 film. We are not going to see a carbon copy. We're going to see some maybe homages and some shots that are similar, but the way this is shot, the costume choices, the way the story is being told and the way they're adapting it uh, is setting up uh, a new way of telling this story. So most certainly we will not be seeing a carbon copy like I've seen some people say online. We'll hopefully see a updated version. And once again, that's never going to detract from the original gorgeous match we said is the 61 film. This will just be a new version that we can watch and enjoy as well. Uh, I also just like the fact that Spoopers put together such a great team. Like clearly already it's looking pretty solid from Kushner writing the screenplay with, the, with his fantastic credits he has to the cinematography done by Kaminsky. Uh, and then the, the casting is fantastic. Like I said, proper representation is being done for the sharks. Uh, and you have real singers who can do this work because this is a hard show to sing and dance to. So in fact, we're going to have some really good singers here who are part of the Broadway musical theater community is really great to see. And I'm noting now, the only thing I'm unsure about is Ansel Algord as Tony, because I don't know his singing voice overly well. I don't know if his singing voice is going to match this uh, film and this music style. We'll have to wait and see. No judgment is passed until we hear him. But let's keep an eye on that. That is something I'm clocking now, and we'll see what that ends up being like. Other than that, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Uh, this is actually part one of a two-part break uh, trailer uh, breakdown here. So if you want to go over to our YouTube channel, if you're listening on our podcast feed, you can go watch me do a live uh, trailer shot-by-shot -shot breakdown where I'll go even deeper into what we're seeing in, shown in the trailer as well. So check that out. Uh, you can also uh, uh, tune in this Friday to our episode of Next to Normal that we're dropping. And we thank you so much for starting this journey with us. This is a movie Otto and I are going to be seeing this holiday season doing a review of. So the fact we're going to do an early start and we're going to do an early talk about this work is really exciting. And I know Autumn is, is excited to get on and talk about this as well. So when we get more trailers, we'll be sure to bring her into the fold as well and we'll get her thoughts on this work too. But until then, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and we will see you uh, on Friday with Next to Normal. And... Just keep on listening and keep on enjoying uh, uh, what you hear. Thanks. Stay healthy. Stay safe.